0: Hey, 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 I'm Michelle and I'm Greta. We are girlfriends who have always been seekers. We love learning, sharing,
1: and most of all, we love having those soul to soul moments with our girlfriends. Our podcast is about spiritual connection and sisterhood. You are not alone. So grab your glass, get comfy and join us as we make some noise, light up the room and get get into into it. it. So you heard our episode about motherhood, and we thought with Mother's Day right around the corner, it would be nice to devote an episode to our moms. So we've shared our experience and all the hardships and the things that we've had to go through as moms, but now as adults, we can reflect and really look back at the amazing gifts that our own mothers gave to us. And, you know, so rarely do we take the time to do that, right? You just expect your mom to be there when you need her and you just know she loves you and we kind of take them for granted. And I might start with a little apology
0: because (laughs) I'm going to be honest, you and I are in the thick of the teenage years and- it ain't easy. And I know I wasn't easy. And so mom, this part is for you specifically. (laughs) I'm just going to say I'm sorry. Like, that's it. And then I'll go into all the other beautiful things that you've done. But I I am truly sorry. And you are a gift. And I so appreciate all the things. But I just I feel like I had to start with that.
1: Yeah, if you've heard some of our previous episodes, Michelle is a little bit of a rebel. And I think it takes a strong mom to raise a strong daughter.
0: (laughs) Well, and I've realized that my mom is also a little bit of a rebel. Oh. Yeah, her boundaries might be a little bit smaller, but she is also a bull, just like me.
1: (laughs) So in thinking about this episode, I kind of wanted to just start with one word that, or one feeling, rather, that really describes my mom, and that word would be loving. There was not a day that went by that I did not feel love from my mom. And the older I get, the more I realize that not everyone is so fortunate to have that. I wanted to ask you, when you say that your mom is loving and that's what you felt every
0: day, what did that look like?
1: Well, and this is one of the things that I, I really admire about her and I learned from her is she's consistent with her love. It, it was unconditional and it was never about what I was able to accomplish or anything like that. It was just for purely existing. And that came through in little ways, words of affirmation, and just showing up, being there, making sure I had all my needs met. And I mean, really, if you think about it, that's, that is is the biggest role in being a mother is To teach your children how to love and to be able to receive love. Because with that foundation, you can do anything. Anything. That feeling of love and security and safety, which is what I'm hearing from you. My mom was like a (laughs) freaking watchdog. She didn't even (laughs) let me go into the doctor's office by myself when I was like 17. It was a little embarrassing. But you know what? Now I get it. As a mom, I get it. Yeah. Mama bear. She always had her eyes on me. And I felt very safe and very secure. Even if you've listened to some of our previous episodes, they talk about some hardships that we went through. The foundation was really solid. And that's because of my mom. My mom and I, we were like ride or die when I was, you know, I can remember all the way back from when I was like two (laughs) in her orange VW bug cruising around doing errands. My dad wasn't in the picture and it was just her and I, we were buddies, but she was a very firm disciplinarian at the same time. And I learned a lot about boundaries from her. I believe that you learn your boundaries from the discipline and the boundaries that your moms or fathers set for you while you're growing up. I knew I could not talk back to my mom. There were consequences to my actions. She demanded a certain level of respect. And when I became a mom, I felt that same inner knowing when my kids backtalked me, or they were being disrespectful to other people. It was there was this knowing inside of me that was just like, absolutely not. (laughs) You're not getting away with that. And I believe that that's how my kids learned their boundaries. Because in turn, Someone's not gonna disrespect them. Someone's not gonna uh, walk all over them.
0: So I love this conversation because A, it gives me a lot of insight into who you are as a person. And we have shared in the past that we connect on a lot of different levels. And all the things that you just described, I would say are true for my mom as well. And right before we hit record, we were talking about some of the qualities that we realize that we have as women, where we feel very strong about who we are. And I think that having a mother that gave that that love, those boundaries, all of those kinds of things really shaped who we are in
1: our lives and allowed us to be the women that we are today. And I think even if you didn't have that foundation, I think it's important to realize that it's not your fault, and to go easy on yourself. Because even just having this conversation right now in this moment, I'm realizing that's not something you have any control over, it's something that was gifted to you as early as newborn, baby, there's things that we're picking up on, there's things that our, our bodies are receiving, our spirit is receiving before we can even understand. And so it is attainable with work. But don't beat yourself up if that's not something you innately have, because you did not do anything wrong. And there's nothing that you could have done to change that.
0: Absolutely. And just to kind of piggyback on that and support it even more. When I was going through hypnotherapy school, we were taught that from the ages of zero to eight, you were Literally just observing and absorbing all these things in your environment. And so all of that gets filed down into our subconscious mind. So whole nother talk, but I felt like it was important to mention that because we are so blessed to have the moms that we have, and we want to acknowledge them and sing their praises today. But we also don't want to dismiss the fact that not everybody has had the same experience. We just want to give our moms gratitude for that. We do. And what their experiences also were, like my mom, for example, was born in another country Mm -hmm. and then moved with her family to another country, having to learn multiple languages, having to assimilate to different environments, and finally settled into another country. (laughs) My mom's got three citizenships. And she also had to bring all of that with her into motherhood. And so what does that look like?
1: Right. I love that you brought that up too. My mom was the fourth of five children. So she was kind of like the forgotten one at times. It's just a lot of kids, and I'm sure money was tight. And my mom was a rebellious one. She would just like take off on her horse for hours at a very take young off age. On her <laughs> horse, I love yeah, that. My mom's a big horse girl. So she brought that experience into motherhood with her from a very early age. I knew she wanted to give me the things that she felt she lacked in her childhood. She always wanted to make sure we had nice clothes to go to school and that we got a good education. She made sure she helped with our homework. There were things you can't give them everything. You do the best you can in your circumstances. So yeah, I mean, we, we just try to give our kids what we didn't get in some capacity. But man, when I became a mom, I look back and I'm like, shit, she did. She was a really good fucking mom. I can't, I don't even come close to the amount of effort and energy that she put into me as a young child. Even with the turmoil that happened later, it was enough of a foundation that I was able to sustain. So it makes a huge difference.
0: Absolutely. I agree with you there. I feel like my mom, and even watching her as a grandmother now, the amount of love and just attentiveness, and of course, she can offer a little bit more of that now that she's a grandmother, but seeing those qualities in her, not that I didn't have any of those, but it definitely was not not on the same level as my mom. And I would say that's one thing that we sometimes not battle about, but we definitely see things just a little bit different because I am also somebody that's very big into self-care and making sure that I have my needs filled outside of the home. And I will say that's probably an area where my mom struggled a little bit because life was really about the kids. Generational too. Absolutely, but so appreciated. And I learned so much from watching her do those things. So now being present as mom for cheer or driving my kids all over, being involved in their lives on in so many different ways, my mom worked full-time, but she did all those things too.
1: Wow. and She was and she,
0: exhausted. Yeah, <laughs> she was. Totally. I remember in the mornings, being late for school, we're all running late because they are the heartbeat of the home, right? And yes. so I remember just- True matriarch. Seeing that struggle of just trying to get out of bed in the morning because after all the things are done, and my mom cooked dinner every night, made sure all those things were done. I don't do any of that right now. <laughs> things that I definitely pulled from her and some things that I, you know, released and just had to go, okay, well that may not fit in my my household. And I'm okay with that. But so, so blessed and fortunate for yeah. all the things that I learned from her.
1: When thinking about all the things that I learned from my mom, one in particular, it, it still kind of goes back to love, the love I received from her, obviously. But then we were talking about self-love. And a big thing that my mom, I hated it at the time. But when I was going through my teenage years where, you know, we hate everything about ourselves and we believe everything that our little asshole friend say and <laughs> it's it's a challenging time for your identity and she would make me say seven positive things if i said one negative thing about myself wow and i would just cringe like what i don't want to do this and but you know what it did it trained my brain and this is long before, i mean we're hearing about this stuff now all the time it's all over social media this is like back in the early 90s. And nobody was talking about this stuff. And it was so powerful because it literally retrained my brain because I knew, oh, if I let that slip out, that negative comment about myself, I was going to have to sit there and say seven nice things about myself. And nobody, you know,
0: uh, it was like... And why is
1: that so much more effort?
0: (laughs) (laughs) Why is it so much more
1: effort? But how... Awesome that your mom gave you. She was That's literally a retraining neural pathways in my brain, and my mom just knew shit like that. Your mom's like a <laughs> neuroscientist. <laughs> She's she could be so many things, right? She was so good with health too, and I think that also goes in with just self love. She taught me about nutrition from the moment I could understand. It was this apple helps you with this, and carrots are good for your eyes, and. The eggs are good for your hair. All these things that I now just have embedded in me. Wow. And that's another thing. As I got older, I realized was such a gift because so many people did not learn how to eat and they did not learn about nutrition growing up. And it was just food to them. And I look at food completely differently. And I, in my world, I thought that's how everybody did. So even in my early 20s, I sort of got away from that a little bit, kind of jumped on the whole diet train and all the fads, because I never, I grew up so opposite from that. You always want to have a different experience. And Wanted to fit in my jeans and all the bullshit. But it was rooted in me. So when it eventually I came back to it, like to me, that was home. Understanding that food is vitamins. It's nutrients. It's healing my body and everything about it is. As they
0: say, food is thy medicine.
1: Yeah. So you were
0: already getting that lesson
1: very early on. Wow. Which is awesome. Even when I was going through puberty and my hormones were going crazy. She was like, oh, you need to put brewer's yeast in this. Orange juice, you know, blended up with a banana. And I mean, it was the nastiest shit, but it's just the things she knows, the things that she understood about health. I always thought she should have gone into nutrition, but she didn't want to. She wanted to be a stay at home mom with her farm animals and working in the yard and making dinner every night like your mom. And she was very humble in that way. And I kind of would beat her up a little bit about, why don't you have a job? Or so-and-so's mom goes to work every day and they have a nice car. <laughs> and <laughs> and I think she taught me so much just about how little those things matter. And it's the simple things in life that are really important. And I think I probably would have been a real asshole if I had a different mom and I probably would have been incredibly materialistic. Well, I was gonna say you have adopted
0: so much of what she taught you. There's still this part of you that definitely enjoys a fancy car or you know a nice house. It <laughs> didn't go away. I like nice things. Yeah, yeah, that still lives in you. But I do feel that there is this balance of you've got a gorgeous garden in your home, and she taught me about that. Yeah, you're, you do have your following in Greta's table, which is very special. How you teach people recipes and and bring in all all. all these beautiful, you know, that's the thing I love. It's like, it's not just let's put this together. I mean, you are truly bringing in elements of the earth. And Mm. the way you're presenting it is it's this
1: mindfulness, you know, it is mindfulness before mindfulness about food was even a thing. Yes, that's exactly what it is. So you've got this balance that is who you are. Thank you. And and thanks, mom. (laughs) Because I would not have had that. And I really fought her every step of the way with all of those things. There was a lot of times it was like the vacation wasn't good enough. The car wasn't nice. The what I was just really hard on both my parents with that. I had some high expectations. But, you know, my mom would still drag my ass to the Goodwill. And that's where we were buying clothes that day. And. <laughs> At the same time, though, I also watched her sell her rug that she loved and other antiques because my dad had abandoned us at that time and we had no money and we needed money for school clothes for my sister and I. And she wanted us to feel that we had enough, so she was
0: willing to there was do balance
1: there, including
0: giving up things that she loved just to make sure she provided for absolutely. You. So I want to circle back to the food thing for a minute because my <laughs> experience with food is a little bit different. <laughs> I grew up in a house where we would go to my grandfather's house and literally have like a pig hanging from the garage as everybody has their job of grinding Peppers or peeling beans or whatever we were doing, and we we're basically making sausages. So linguiça, yum.
1: <laughs> but when you're not a pretty y- process, no. but
0: when you're young and you're seeing what goes into it, it's like, oh my gosh, I don't want to touch that intestine, and I don't want to <laughs> touch that makes it good. <laughs> I'm like, I don't want to eat the fried fish eye that you're serving me right now. No, <laughs> I-, right. I wanted what you had. <laughs> it wasn't fair. So <laughs> it wasn't fair. <laughs> but i will say again as you know we age and reflect it's like wow what a cool experience that not only did i get to see kind of this raw yeah. <laughs> way of you know, making food, but there was a collaborative experience going on. And so my mom would can tuna in a jar. So there were some of the elements of getting kind of raw with food, but at the same time, my mom loved to bake. And so we would always have cinnamon
1: rolls, ice cream, cookies all over the place. It is so nice to come home to a home where mom is baking in the kitchen.
0: Yes. And so that would be definitely the part where it's like, wow, we always had food. My mom would literally chase me out of the house in the morning with muffins or whatever she had made. You need to eat. You need to eat. And so there was never a lack Mm -hmm. of food and nourishment and love, Mm -hmm. you know, in the home. She cared about how we were going off yeah. in the day. So even though the food looked different, I will say going back to that feeling of being cared for mm-hmm. and nurtured. So the one word that always comes to mind with my mom is this nurturing. Mm-hmm. I felt that her biggest strength, is she had this ability to make sure everybody was getting taken care of, everyone was being nourished. She kind of put herself on the back burner
1: with that, but that was just a big piece of who she was. We'll say when you said she kind. To put herself on the back burner. and we've talked about this before, how, you know the previous generation just sort of did that. But I think why you don't, and why I don't, is because our moms filled all our needs. And I know we already sort of talked about this a little bit in the beginning, but just to like really lock that in. It's interesting because it's it's not that if you overmother your kids, they're going to all of a sudden, you know, take on those traits and do that too. It's actually the opposite. We got all our needs met. And so now we know what that's like and we don't sacrifice our needs as an adult and as a mother. Right. I think that's the point I'm really trying to make.
0: Yes, we know how all of those basic survival needs Can be met. We know that there's food. We know there's love. We know that there's safety. So I think it's just second nature to us to know how those things.
1: Well, and I think we get done. We've had it done for us. Or as we grew up, we were cared for. And so as adults and as mothers, we are still going to fill those needs within us. And I think that's important for people that didn't have that experience. If you didn't have a mom that filled those needs for you and you find yourself doing, doing for others and not taking care of yourself, to me, that was just a light bulb moment. That's why yeah. you're used to not having your needs met. Right. You're used to going without. But our, that was our norm to have these yeah. things. So we didn't question it or or have to fight no. to get those basic No, things. it was like, I need to eat. I need to feel good. I need to wash my hair. Yeah, yeah. Yeah. <laughs> We just do it without any guilt associated with it.
0: Yeah, I think you're right. It's, it's, I love how whenever we set out to do a talk, we get these epiphanies in our life. And, you know, I tell people doing this podcast stuff, it's very intrapersonal work. You learn so much about yourself and others and how you, who you are in the world. And so going back to moms, I love that we can take a moment though to acknowledge and just give some thanks to the women who helped us to be who we are today and be able to get these messages out to other women and acknowledge those women who may not have had Mm -hmm. those things met in their life, but yet they can also break cycles and that they can make these changes with their own children or even as aunts, you know, as Mm -hmm. godmothers. As women, we play that role in a lot of different ways. So it may not be our own children that we've birthed, but other beings that we see as very special people to Uh us. And we might be influential
1: in some way in their life as well. When you said interpersonal work, interpersonal introspective, yeah, both work. Both <laughs> that made me think about just how even the therapy I felt as I was sitting down to write my thoughts about my mom and that I hadn't taken the time to do that probably ever and how I was just filled with so much gratitude and love for my mom as I was making this these little notes and it was just a lovely thing to do that I would not have done otherwise and I was so happy that I was able to just carve out that time.
0: Don't you feel like you can put a really good Mother's Day card together now? Oh yeah,
1: (laughs) now it's not hard yet. I love you, mom. You're the best. Like, <laughs> yeah. No, <laughs> thanks, thanks for all, all you did. <laughs> it's all there. And I think another incredible gift that my mom gave me was just honesty. She was really honest. And I have gifted this to my children. I, I, you, when you talked about there's things that we learn from them and then we want to give that to our kids, this is definitely one of them. She was so vulnerable and open about everything even to the point where it's like I when I was a teenager I tried this drug and it was horrible don't do it and so I didn't I really am so appreciative to my mom that she shared that with me so it wasn't like I'm growing up in this household where it's don't do drugs don't have sex don't do this no she was like I had sex and I got pregnant with you (laughs) I did this drug and it scared the shit out of me don't do it and i listened because i trusted her and she was she was open and truthful and honest and with my own kids i follow that same rule as they get older they ask me questions i think kids will always ask you questions at their age level so i didn't just go this is everything about life when they were 4 i waited till they asked me the question and then i answered it truthfully and honestly in the best of my ability in a way that they could understand. You know, they asked about my, my dad that raised me, Earl, and, you know, why he isn't in the picture. This was when he was still alive. He has passed. And I told them he got addicted to drugs and it's really sad. We don't have him in our lives. And this is what drugs does to families And I I still remember my kids, they were in second and fourth grade when this conversation came up in the car. And what a gift of life experience to be able to share that with them. And you know, I think at that point they really understood why drugs are bad. It's not just because your mom said don't do it. No, this is the reality of what drugs can do. And I I think in holding back and and thinking that our kids aren't ready for that kind of information, we do them a huge disservice. Yeah,
0: I agree with that. So I was sitting here thinking, what else about my mom that I can talk about? And I will say One of the things I do love about her and something I did learn from her is she has this ability to make people feel very special. And she goes out of her way to make sure of that. So any birthdays that we had, wherever things were on a financial level, there was still this effort to make sure that you got you know, something that you really wanted or just even that acknowledgement, whether it was a celebration. I also wanna say this is another piece of it. I feel like my mom was also somebody who, no matter what, always made you feel like you were beautiful and not lacking in something. So I see a lot of teenage girls now, and I was one, I started developing boobs at a very young age. And it's like, oh, I'm fat. Oh, I'm this. Oh, I'm that. And my mom always made me feel like everything was fine and that I was okay. And that I didn't need to look a certain way, or I wasn't too fat, or I wasn't too this or that. And she would do what she could to accommodate that. So even through teenage years, where I couldn't go out and just find a dress, you know, like everybody else at the stores. I had to have some made or I had to have them altered a ton because everything was surrounded yeah. around fit the boobs. Yeah. And then you're
1: itty bitty. And then you had these big boobs.
0: And yeah. so that was just part of, yeah. but I never, even though there were moments where I'd feel like, ah, here we go again, my mom just accommodated it and just still made me feel like, even with this or with that, you are still a beautiful person. So I, I think that's a big, big one. I think you felt seen. Yeah. Mm-hmm. And I didn't feel like I wasn't good enough the way that I was. Right. However I was designed or however I came into the world. And it's interesting because when I was born, I was born breech. And so my mom had to put you know shoes on different feet with me. She had to exercise my legs. They wanted to put me in braces. And so again, she was like... Nope, you're perfect the way you are. I'm going to do the extra exercises with you. But it was never mentioned like you've got this problem. It was just this is what we're going to do to support you and whatever it is that you're dealing with right now. So that is one thing I will say is really big. And I know that is one thing with my children. I sometimes can struggle with it a little bit, but every time I have a thought where I I might want to say something that may come off critical or maybe not super uplifting, in terms of that, like appearance or something in that regard, I think of my mom and I think she never made me feel like I was supposed to look or be something other than I'm
1: not. Mm-hmm. So that was a big one. That's a huge one. The world is hard enough as it is, right? And so have that safe space with your mom. And also she didn't make you feel like a burden in the way of, I have to go get these these dresses altered. Oh my God, why are your boobs so fucking big? <laughs>
0: No, it was always on that positive. And that's
1: compassion too. Yeah, yeah absolutely. Our moms are pretty awesome people. They are really <laughs> awesome. And that's what I mean. Sitting down and doing this work and even just having this conversation right now, it's just not something I ever made the time to think about. And, oh, God, I hope my kids feel like this about me one day. It's so crazy now as a mom of two almost adults. Lexi is an adult. Blake's right around the corner from it. Having that perspective, especially with the teen years, it's just so challenging. And I I just have this completely different understanding and my, my own compassion for my mom and what she was able to do. The first half was so wonderful and great. And she was such a hardworking mom. And then the second half was horrible because of things that were out of her control. But even in that she she worked night shifts to make sure we had food on the table when my dad had abandoned us. She just was a really hard worker. Her work ethic is insane. It still is. I'll never have a work ethic like her. Are you sure? No, I, I you mean- I have a pretty strong work ethic. But I do <laughs> the work that I want to do and I work really hard at that, mm. which is a blessing. And I'm fortunate to be able to do that. In her position, she wasn't able to do that, but there was no errors about her. Like she still would get down and get dirty and get the job done. And without complaining- I mean, whether it was the fence went down in the horse pasture or something and it's raining and she's got to get out there with a hammer. She'll do it. She's that kind of badass. Get in the trenches. She's in the trenches or, you know, getting up and going to work in the middle of the night. She's just has a different kind of work ethic that a lot of people don't have and I really admire that about her well I'm thinking, like it sounds like grit just it's like grit what, yeah. yes it's grit and it's great that I got to grow up and witness that from her I don't know that I I have some of that and I think I have this feeling because of this that Even when shit hits the fan, I can do it. I've had this great female role model, this matriarch. She wasn't just doing... She did the cooking and the cleaning and helped with the homework, but she also was out there in the horse pasture doing stuff, that chopping
0: wood. That's so amazing. And yeah, when I... When I think about our moms now and they're still doing some of these things that they showed us, I will say one of the things today that my mom does for me is, for example, if she knows I'm overwhelmed or things are getting crazy, all of a sudden I'll have a house cleaner come in, (laughs) Best gift ever. Or she just shows up and starts cleaning my bathrooms, doing the laundry, making food. That's beautiful. It's amazing. And I remember some other gifts she gave to me me when I first had my son, she really talked to me about the importance of having a date night with your husband, the importance of working on your marriage, putting the time and energy into it. And so once I started having children, she would give me that gift where she would take a child or all three children for the weekend so that Eddie and I could have that time it's together.
1: thoughtful. She remembers how hard it was. And when you said that about the housekeeper, I'm like, I'm definitely doing that for my daughter. (laughs) Like, I have to remember to do that because, oh, I just think I would have been such a better mom if the house was just taken care of, if those... House chores were just done. I could just focus on being the mom I wanted to be. Yes. It's a wonderful gift. It's an amazing gift. And
0: so those are the things even during the holidays or birthdays. It's never about a tangible gift with us. It's always like, can you send Eddie and I off somewhere
1: to have yeah. an experience together? And she'll watch the kids. And, and you know they're watch in good the hands. Right. And yeah. Those priceless. Without you having to ask, I think is huge. I think when you have to ask, you feel like you're putting them out. Yes. And so to have your mom come to you and be like, I'm going to do this. Now you get out of town. Yes. Because <laughs> you already awesome. feel like they give so much. So then right. it's like
0: one more thing. But that is how she also finds her joy is knowing that she can provide those things for our family. She's
1: acts of service. Huge. Yeah. Acts service.
0: Huge acts of service. Yeah. There, I mean, I could have a scroll of things that my mom is so amazing at and also so many qualities that are so wonderful and good. And it's not even just me. She does these things for other people Mm -hmm. too. I mean, she's been there for friends of mine or friends of hers she just is that person that a lot of people want in their life and not just the giving but just her presence of really making you feel special like I had mentioned
1: before yeah I've met your mom and she's so fun to talk to and I see so many similarities in the two of you with just like your love of people she really wants to connect and share and I think you've got a lot of that from her so she's She's fun to talk to. I want you to meet my mom someday. You would love her. And it's funny because I don't think we're a ton alike, but I think she was the perfect mom for me to sort of round out my edges and make me become a more humble, grounded person. I love how you also said
0: your mom was the perfect person for you as you were being raised and how she shaped and molded you into who you are today, which is a very, you know, well-balanced, beautiful person.
1: We lived in the country because my mom is a horse girl through and through. I mean, an animal lover. She used to name the chicken that was supposed to be dinner. She would name them all and keep them all with her and they'd follow her around the yard. And, and as soon as she could get a pony, she got a pony and, a, and wow. she didn't care if that pony was bucking her off and taking her under trees. She just loves, she has such a connection to especially horses. And there's something about that that is interesting, the energy from a horse. And I'm not a horse girl. I hated when we had to move out to the country. I was this I would tell her at like 8 years old, I'm a city girl, mom. I hate it here. I remember crying when we moved. The first night we spent out on this out in the country, you could hear peacocks in the distance. They sounded like children crying or someone being murdered. It was just awful. I it know was they awful made a, sound. a lot of noise. Oh, they, they make a <laughs> lot of noise. And it was just unfamiliar, and I would tell my mom, I miss the sidewalk. We, used to, we just lived in a normal tract house before that, and it was a hard adjustment. And looking back, I, I never really loved it. There were some good memories and things, but it just wasn't me to be so isolated. I love people, and my mom loves animals. <laughs> <laughs> but when I think back about my childhood and what that gave me, it was so powerful, and it became a part of who I am, and I think made me better. I mean, having to go shovel horse poop and having to pull weeds, and I didn't want to do any of that. But in my 20s, I was out there mowing the lawn. It's the things that I really enjoy now, which is crazy. I would never want to live in a city now. I love my garden and nature. She's exactly the mom that I needed. I love that. I'm
0: I'm having all these thoughts as you're speaking, and
1: it's like, gosh, I wish I had
0: an experience like that. And I'm just Seeing you and your mom, and having all these visuals of what that looks like, and oh, I just... like
1: me fighting with her and crying because I didn't want to go <laughs> shovel horse crap or dig a hole. Like, or... and I'm, I'm envisioning you with like pigtails or something as you were really, really young, and your no, mom's this like, was come Me, on. I would be all dressed up. My mom would laugh because she let me be who I was, too. It sounds like your mom did, too. I'd be in matching gingham top and white little shorts to go pick blackberries because that's the outfit I thought you should pick blackberries. And mind you, I wanted to be a fashion designer when I was a little girl. And then I'm out there ruining my clothes and there's dirt everywhere. And <laughs> so funny. So, yeah, it's just, it was such an oxymoron of life. <laughs> Who am I right now? (laughs) I
0: love that.
1: Another thing that came
0: to mind with regard to my mom is the sense of family. My mom was very big at making sure that we were close to our family members. And our family was the kind that, you know, every holiday, even if it's Mother's Day, Father's Day, we were all together. Weekends, we were together. And so my mom really instilled the importance of what family looks like. So aunts and uncles extended, you know, like mm. my great aunts, uncles. That's wonderful. Um, Yeah. So that was really cool. I feel very fortunate in that way too, to know I had such a large support mm-hmm. around me. And so I guess that would be the other gift in all this is yeah. family, connection, but then also that there's all these other people mm-hmm. that I can call upon in life or just feeling, again, like you were important. Community. Community. We talk
1: about this, how America can be so isolating for mothers, but it sounds like if you have a true matriarch that really makes it a point to get together and the family needs to spend that time on those holidays and put the effort in you do grow up being surrounded by that extra love, that extra care and safety and belonging. Yes,
0: and my mom was and still is, till this day,
1: that person, for sure. It's just another way to feel supported as a kid. It's wonderful. And especially when they're going through those teen years, it's like they don't always want to talk to their moms.
0: Yes. And so that was me. I was,
1: you know, fighting with everyone in the house when
0: I was in my teenage (laughs) years and just going crazy. And so luckily I had older cousins and aunts that I could go to Mm -hmm. and- And talk to them and not feel like, you know, because my mom did have to carry a lot of burdens during that time. And it was hard. So another thing
1: I think (laughs) about is how the holidays were just always so magical and so wonderful. And then you become a mom and you're (laughs) like... Oh my God. I had no idea my mom had to do all this work just to make magic fucking happen. fucking work (laughs) that
0: had to go into that. And then stay up and clean everything. Yeah. And break it all down. Like forget about just the day. There's the aftermath of it all. And yet we still look forward to Christmas.
1: How crazy are we?
0: Well, and my mom still brings all Mm -hmm. the food. I just kind of provide the home. I'm like, sure, I've got all the fun stuff here for the younger kids and the space and all of that. But she still shows up and brings the Christmas or whatever mm-hmm. else to all of us which mm-hmm. is very it's
1: helpful yeah. lightens the load because we know as it's a big load motherhood big big, big, big load. load yes it is I just want to say how much we appreciate all the mamas out there doing all the hard work the invisible load and maybe take a moment to see that even if you don't have the best relationship with your mom, you'd be surprised what can come out of just taking a few moments and writing a couple things down about the things you are grateful for and appreciate that your mom gave you. Because at the end of the day, ultimately, they did the best that they could with the knowledge they had at that time. And so there's an amount of forgiveness and taking the judgment away and just appreciating what they were able to do and the good that did come out of it and the person that you are today because of them.
0: Absolutely, yes, to everything that you just said. So here's to you being an amazing mom. Mom, thank you so much. And to all the other moms out there or women who are just who they are, take Mother's Day as a moment to just nurture your own self and your soul and think about how amazing you really are. I want to read this poem and it's by Maya Angelou. And I this is just one of my favorite female empowerment, just embracing who you are as a woman poem. So, In her words, this is called Phenomenal Woman. Pretty women, wonder where my secret lies. I'm not cute or built to suit a fashion model size, but when I start to tell them, They think I'm telling lies. I say, it's in the reach of my arms, the span of my hips, the stride of my step, the curl of my lips. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. I walk into a room just as cool as you please, and to a man, the fellows stand or fall down to their knees. Then they swarm around me, a hive of honeybees. I say, it's the fire in my eyes and the flash of my teeth. The swing in my waist and the joy in my feet. I'm a woman, phenomenally. Phenomenal woman, that's me. Men themselves have wondered what they see in me. They try so much, but they can't touch my inner mystery. When I try to show them, they say they still can't see. I say it's in the arch of my back, the sun of my smile, the riot of my breasts, the grace of my style. I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. Now you understand just why my head's not bowed. I don't shout or jump about or have to talk real loud. When you see me passing, it ought to make you proud. I say it's in the click of my heels, the bend of my hair, the palm of my hand, the need for my care, because I'm a woman, phenomenally, phenomenal woman. That's me. Thank you for tuning in to
1: today's episode. If you liked what you heard and were your girls, please share and add a review on iTunes so we can continue to grow our circle. You can also find us on Instagram and TikTok at That's My Girl Podcast.